0: Patreon.com slash TalkMeInto.
1: Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. (laughs) It's just
2: a wild rock.
1: I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that
2: this is what this podcast is for we're also trying to talk you into it talk me into welcome to talk me into the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe talk even each you other into liking what we like this week is we're weird allegations my name is Jeff, and a few summers ago, Dan, Jimmy, and I were in a rock and roll band that covered Bruce Springsteen, The Clash, and the Gaslight Anthem songs. Jimmy played tambourine.
1: <laughs> my name is Jimmy, and my Nintendo 64 is a Pikachu edition. My name is Dan, and when Star Wars
0: Episode III, Revenge of the Sith, came out, I was a senior in high school, and I shaved my head into a Padawan-style haircut with matching braid and ponytail. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, you it's
1: did. pretty dude. awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I did play tambourine for you, your guys' bands. I think it was it was mostly out of pity because my ex girlfriend was playing saxophone for you. We were like, you can come along. Yeah, you sang a little bit too. Yeah, I did some stuff. We recorded one song on a cell phone that I don't think exists anymore. Oh yeah, and it was good. Yeah. Do you have that, Dan? Nope. That was your the one original song. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, it was fun. We should try and re record that. We recorded in a room that was a temperature of the sixth layer of hell (laughs) and uh, smelled
1: of kitty litter.
2: Yeah, there were feral cats running around. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was a good time. It's
0: great. Jimmy, do we have any reviews? Nope. Jeff, do we have any
2: text messages? I did get a message from a very good friend of the show, Alex. That's not a Brian. It's not a Brian. (laughs) Change your name. (laughs) Alex Skarsgård from the Big Little Lies episode. Yeah, it's my boy Alex with a K. Uh, He says, I finally started listening to talk me into last night at work. Got through nine episodes. I think you talked me into Magic the Gathering.
0: Yay. (laughs) That's strange out of nine episodes to be talked into that one. That's our worst one. (laughs) I don't think it's our worst episode. No, not our worst episode. Our worst subject.
2: Magic the Gathering is horrible. Boston Celtics was horrible to me. No. (laughs) Wow.
1: Wow Wowie, wowie, wowie if you want to be featured on a show uh text jeff apparently and then we'll <laughs> read it but other other ways are possible through uh email tweets uh all that fun stuff uh yeah you, the email is talk at gmail.com if you feel so
0: inclined the twitter is talk me into at talk me into whatever you want to call it yeah get at us we'll read it choo choo <laughs> <laughs> This is the time in the episode where we sing. Yeah, No, no. But for real, it's the time in the episode where we take a moment to tell each other what we're talking ourselves into this week. So this week, I've been talking myself into getting involved. With? with Just everything in life. Okay. That's pretty broad. What I primarily mean is like I go to work and normally I just do my regular 9 to 5 routine and that's it. And then I go home and watch TV. (laughs) Then on Sunday, I go to church and I do my thing and then I just go home and watch TV. And then I sleep, too. But (laughs) what I'm trying to do is sort of get involved at those major areas of my life. So at work, there's a couple openings for some committees. Mm. I join them just a volunteer basis. One of them's like a wellness committee. We're talking about ways to get people more active and health conscious and stuff. Okay. It's kind of cool. I get to take some time out of my schedule.
2: So there are side motives. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, just being able to break up the day a little bit, you know, Between, I joined two committees. I meet like once every two weeks with one of them, but just a way to be engaged, meet new people, network, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. And same thing at church. I joined a committee. I might join another one. Just a way of like, you know, trying to give back a little bit, but also just, like I said, meet new people. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just got sick of just like, just like doing the same thing every day and just like not ever opening myself up to new opportunities. So I decided to try it out. I'm
2: actually the total opposite of you. Yeah, you want
0: to close as many doors as possible. I used
2: to be that way at work until I reached a certain point when I realized that none of it benefits me at all. Then I was like, nope, I'm done with everything.
0: So Jeff's point of view is if volunteer work doesn't benefit you, don't
1: do it.
2: Yes. (laughs) When it comes to work, yes.
1: Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into? uh, This week is an interesting one. Uh, Um, Maybe just interesting to you guys or I don't know. But this week I was talking myself into baseball um, interesting to ooh. me, why well, would that
2: be interesting? Well, it's interesting
1: because it's not like a typical thing that uh, I would, uh, I would typically like, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I've said before that I've, I've kind of followed the Mets before just because, um, it was it's sort your, of your family team. Yeah. It's like a family thing. And, um, for father's day, it was a father's day game. And, uh, by the time this comes out, it's going to be so far away from father's day, but who cares? This was last week. Um, we went to go see a Mets game, and of course, the Mets lost because they're the most disappointing team. The, in the New York MLB.
2: Metropolitans. Yeah. Wow. Thing. Yeah.
1: Um, but I started to realize, is like, I kind of really like baseball. Like I was watching that, and I was like, oh, like they're making like double plays, and like there's uh I don't know, like, uh, oh, they, they got a double. Uh, I don't yeah, know.
0: there was like a good 15 seconds of action in that
2: four-hour
1: game. <laughs>
2: now, let me let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. Do you like baseball or do you like going to baseball games?
1: Um, That was actually my first question because I was like, oh, I don't know if it's just like fun to go to the game or I don't know if I like baseball. But then I was watching some clips on the Mets Twitter just because I follow them because why not? And I was like, oh, I kind of like baseball Uh because I was like watching some. Um, I thought we
2: were done with talk me into sports, but there might be another episode. Uh,
1: I don't know. if I don't know if it's that high. I'm still trying to talk myself. I was going to say, if I couldn't talk you into NBA basketball, but you talked yourself into baseball, you need to see see a counselor or something. It, it's I think I'm at mid level right now. I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be at like high level, of like really following baseball. You're like.
2: Maybe a casual, I'll catch
1: the highlights. I'm a casual fan. Because yeah. there's two kinds of people say. that
2: like baseball, I think. It's the people that like the highlights and like the action parts. And mm. then there's people that like math.
1: Mm. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the anticipation of something might happen at any time. So well, it's, it's
2: suspense.
1: Yeah, a little bit of that. And I do like the, the highlights as well. It was like, oh, that was really good double play. Or, yeah. I've been saying double play a lot because that's the only thing that's coming to mind. Because I'm yeah. only a casual fan. So yeah. Hey, they got some good well, double plays. Yeah. So Jeff, what are you talking yourself into this week?
2: I have been talking myself into selling things with great difficulty.
0: Oh, what are you trying to sell? What's the difficult part? The act of selling them or Everyth- separating it from you personally?
2: Everything. No, that part is fine. There are three things that I tried to, and some have been successfully sell, sold. Selled. <laughs> I sell them lately. Um, this is actually pretty funny that this is the Weird Al episode because two of the items are Weird Al items. I bought Mm -hmm. uh, tickets to a Strings Attached tour in a city I thought I was going to be in when it was coming around. And then I realized I was not going to be near that city. So I was like, shit, I have to sell these. But first, I wanted to see if there were still tickets available for Connecticut because I bought these the day they came out. It was Mm -hmm. for orchestra seating. I paid about $100 a ticket. I bought two tickets. So then... I looked online, I was like, oh, they have it in Connecticut. And tickets are about 80 to $90 like at the high end. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Went to a Weird Al Facebook group that I'm a part of. Of course. (laughs) And I was like, hey, I got these tickets. Does anybody want them? I'll sell them for what I bought them for that day. Met a gentleman on there and we made a deal. He sent me money. I sent him the tickets. And then as soon as I got the money, I went to go buy just one ticket for Connecticut. I'm going to make some money off of this. I did not look at the prices of the seats because I sold floor seats for $100 each and I bought like last row seats for almost the same. Oh, amount. boy. Because by this point, floor seats were like $300. So I messed that up real what bad. What do you mean by this point? You mean like resale, like secondhand? Well, because these tickets went on sale in November when I bought them.
0: And how, and and now how it much did you pay for them?
2: $100. Okay,
0: so you didn't lose ticket. money, no, but you didn't, didn't gain the money, money that... The market would have suggested right. you could so
2: i could have got more money but now i i made my money back but i had have a crappy shitty seats. seat and then well, that's I, good though you yeah. paid it forward and then i posted this on online like i got these things and then somebody i know uh wanted to buy that he asked if i had an autograph for sale and i was like oh i got an extra weird owl autograph from like a vip thing from like eight years ago yeah, I'll sell these to you. And it's been like, I'm trying to sell these and we keep missing each other. And it seems so hard. And then I sold a magic deck on eBay, right? So I bought yeah. this deck three years ago for 50 bucks. It was cost like $35. So this I episode 50.
1: has everything Dan hates. It's great. It is, it's
2: great. I'm dying inside. <laughs> so then price goes up. It's like $100. I had three of these decks total. I kept one. I sold one two years ago for $60. But all the fees, I ended up losing money. And shipping. And then this one, I finally sold for $130 because it got popular again with this new set. And after all the fees came out, it's only making like a hundred bucks. But then here's the crazy part, guys. (laughs) I went to put it in the mail because you don't get your money until they receive the product. Yep. And it was too big for the dang mailbox. This package was, (laughs) so I was at a work event at a nearby casino and I asked the concierge, excuse me, do you have outgoing USPS? And she said, yes, I will take this for you, and it will go out tomorrow. Well, why don't you know, three days later, there's no activity on the tracking. So I send an email, I send it right to them, and I say, can you please tell me what's going on with this? And they said at 4.53 p.m. on a Friday, hey, we sent this out UPS, sorry about that, here's a new tracking. And I said, whoa, hold on there, buddy. <laughs> This needs to use the original tracking so I get my money, and oh boy, was it an issue, because it's not the same tracking. So then I had to deal with PayPal, and oh boy, it was a week that it took me to sort you can't this out. Can the shipping between on eBay? You can, but PayPal wouldn't let me, but eBay did. It was just a mm. wild story, and I got very angry. <laughs> I said, "This is unacceptable as a guest of your hotel." So then they sent me two, three dinner passes to their buffet (laughs) welcome to ebay world the podcast about ebay transactions well you know what this is what i've been doing dan this is my life selling things with great difficulty but now i have two free dinners okay that valued at 52 dollars. the moral of the story is get free dinners yeah take that mohegan son October 23rd, 1959, the day that the world was blessed with its greatest gift, Alfred Matthew Yankovic. That's right, Weird Al. I am so excited right now to record this podcast and Dan literally slumped into his chair (laughs) and his eyes are glazed over and rolling (laughs) into the back of his head. He is not excited about this, but I am. We're going to get through this. I don't know, man. This has
1: been a very long time coming.
2: And it's episode 27. It just serendipitously fell into that slot. Because you made us wait weeks. It was an accident. And then I said, oh, it's 27. This is perfect. This is great. Okay, Jeff. Dan just, he took a pee-pee before, and I was telling Jimmy, I might get emotional during this. So (laughs) just bear with me if... uh, my my heart is beating a little bit stronger because this is a very, very sensitive subject to me. Okay. Most people know who Weird Al is. They've heard the name. Yeah. They've seen the hair. They know he's a silly boy with silly shirts and he does silly things. But not everybody knows Weird Al like I know Weird Al. I don't know
0: Weird Al like you know Weird Let Al. Let
2: me tell you and talk you into Weird Al Yankovic. He is a musician. He is a funny man. He is a comedian and an entertainer, and he has been doing that flawlessly. Even even I won't admit it's flawlessly. You'll see. He has been doing it for about four decades. It's pretty impressive. He's had a very strong career throughout all of that time. He's uh, always stayed uh, at the forefront of pop culture. The forefront always? There have been some walls. Yeah. But now he's back the last five or so years he's been back so strong because he had a number one album finally after 14 of them dan what is your exposure to weird al
0: uh my exposure is a normal level of exposure which means that i enjoyed weird al when i was 12 years old and then i realized that it's not that great <laughs> Jimmy, so no, I uh, I <laughs> moving on. I owned one Weird Al album, which I feel like everyone in our generation owned, which was Bad Hair Day, and it was funny. I still remember some of those songs, but uh, yeah, then I, 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 that was enough.
2: Jimmy,
1: what's my exposure? Yeah, uh, my exposure is mostly listening listening to uh, your old podcast um, where you were talking about going to see Weird Al shows, and Dan was just scowling at you the entire time. You can hear the scowling. You can hear the scowls. Um, so you're not familiar with his music? Or uh, no, I'm getting, I'm getting there. No, I'm. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm getting to there. No, yes, <laughs> gets him every time. Um, I listened to Mandatory Fun, the new album, the, his newest album, right?
2: 2014. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, I listened to that when that came out, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Um, I'm not in the camp that it's only for kids. Uh, I do agree that some of the things are very well written. Um, well, I and, mean, you did just ta-
0: try to talk us into another kid's band, Ninja Sex Party. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a kids great part- kid's
1: band. Teenager. For one. Um, let's see. Um, so there was definitely some songs in there that I did like. And I do like a lot of artists slash comedians that were influenced by Weird Al. Um, just the other day, I was listening to uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was on uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast where he was talking about where he was influenced by Weird Al um, and how he, yes. he sort of learn how to rhyme because he was listening to Weird Al he was like oh he's making he's writing these songs and he's making them funnier basically so it's like obviously the funnier version is going to be the better version so that's where he sort of came up with the idea of making his own rhymes and stuff like that and trying to make them funny so um, Weird Al is something that I have a little bit of exposure to not a ton there's definitely a few songs that I do like um, especially off that last album but um, yeah, I, I'm interested. I, I would say I'm kind of neutral on this episode because I do like Weird Al, but there's not a whole lot of exposure to him.
2: I was first introduced to Weird Al in the early 1990s when I saw him on the popular game show Wheel of Fortune. And I was like, really? oh, I was like, who's that man? And around the same time, he came out with Alapalooza and there was a song called Jurassic Park, which was on the Jurassic Park soundtrack, which I owned. Or my cousin owned or something. He had a song on the Jurassic Park soundtrack? I believe so. Or I'm sorry, not Jurassic Park. It was the same album. It was the Flintstones.
0: Well, that (laughs) makes a
2: little more sense, Jeff. (laughs) It was Bedrock Anthem. It's the same album. There's dinosaurs involved. Leave me alone. And then um, when Bad Hair Day came out, that was a, a big moment in my life. I got the CD. It was the first compact disc that I owned. I got it for my 11th birthday in 1996. And ever since then, I have been hooked on Al. He has a total of 14 studio albums dating back to 1983. But he really started writing songs in the late 70s, a lot of them just by himself on his accordion, because he always wanted to be in a rock and roll band, but having an accordion is not cool. Mm. Correct. So he thought, because (laughs) it is very cool. Um, he would send in songs to a local radio show called the Dr. Demento Show. And that's the first show that played him on the air. And from there, he got a record contract at Capitol Records, kind of as a fluke or like a joke. Um, he covered my Shiro- or parody my Sharona by the knack dan is literally falling asleep right now
0: no i'm grimacing because (laughs) i know it's my bologna
2: because i'm friends with you (laughs) yes so he that was pressed as a single and it wasn't supposed to be anything more than that and he pretty much just fell into a 14 album deal which uh, completed in the year of 2014 um so i he is pretty much three different types of songs that we're going to explore on this journey. So Mm I have compiled a playlist on Spotify that goes in chronological order of his career. And I picked two songs off of each album Mm. with uh, a song or two at the beginning and end that show the beginning of his career and what he's been up to since his uh, record deal has expired. And nobody else says this, but I say it, it's the three Ps. He's got parodies, he's got polkas, and he's got pastiches, which are stylist parodies of either an artist or a style of music. So he'll do songs in their style or a certain kind of style. Um, and a lot of those are originals. Uh, most of his songs are originals. Each album is comprised of, for the most part, uh, one polka, five parodies, and the rest are originals. Daniel with me?
0: I'm with are you. Are you following me? Yes. This I've
2: heard all this
0: math from you before. And how he follows this sort of uh, yeah it, format to each
2: album. Yeah, and it, it, it there's very few variations uh, throughout his career. Uh, common themes of Weird Al songs are TV, which Dan loves. Yeah, I love. Jimmy loves. <laughs> yeah, food. All three of us love it. And love, you'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. There's a lot of relationship songs as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate.
2: There's also what I have defined as two eras in his musical career. The first era is from 1983 to 1996. I call it the armpit fart mustache era (laughs) because he had a mustache. He had a mustache. And a lot of his, his, uh, his songs included the gentleman who would do armpit armpit farts (laughs) throughout. And it was a very distinctive sound. You wouldn't even think it was an armpit fart just by hearing it. It's a silly little sound. And then 1999 to 2014, I call it the post-Armpit Farts era where he has long hair, no glasses, and no mustache. Okay. Two definitive eras of Weird Al mm-hmm. that are displayed perfectly in this playlist. Yeah, by the way, I don't want the audience to think
0: I'm against Weird Al. I'm open to this. It's just so foreign to me, like your level of interest. I'm, I'm going to take it in, and maybe I'll really love it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it does not seem like something that you as an adult man should like.
2: Okay. So well, I'm going to change your mind on that. Okay. My goal here is even if you're not talked into it, I just want you to understand me as your best friend will be
0: quite a a hurdle. That's all I want.
2: Like Jimmy, I hope you like it, Mm -hmm. but this is, this is really focused at Dan. (laughs) If the microphones were off, I'd be having the same conversation. I just need you to know who I am.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think about Jimmy and I gives you a chance to convince us? Like, what what should we like about it?
2: Okay, so here's the deal. Here's, here's how this episode is going to go. Give us the sell. So Weird Al obviously has the music, but he also has a movie that he wrote and starred in and came out in the eighties. He had a TV show in the nineties, which was like perfectly aimed at me for Saturday mornings. Yeah. He's been in comedy bang bang for a couple of seasons. He's, he's done all this multimedia stuff. I'm not adding any of that into this episode. I'm just focusing on the music mm. and I have tailored it to display all the things I've talked about. And also to what I think Dan and Jimmy will like, I think that, Dan will appreciate the various music styles because mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the word eclectic is too hipster to use, but, but Dan likes a lot of music. Uh, if you've listened to the show before, we've talked about a lot of music, especially the record round table episode, all types of music that we all like. And I think that with uh, weird Al and his band who he has been with his entire career, it's the same group of people they're very diverse, and some of the, the music that they play is—it's uh, better than some of the other songs. But they—they are have a lot of different styles that you might respect with artists that you are familiar with, and I think that you do appreciate good wordplay. Um, yeah, as a fan of hip hop, and there is a lot of that in there. A lot of the lyrics are are not deep because a lot of them don't hold a lot of meaning but they're clever and i think you'll appreciate that and i think jimmy same thing he likes lonely island mm-hmm. he likes ninja sex party both of those groups very heavily influenced by weird al yeah you said lin-manuel miranda mm-hmm. also oh yeah that's one influenced.
0: thing i left out of uh jimmy found my exposure also. is that I, I actually did enjoy the hamilton polka that he made
2: well you're in for a treat because that's on the playlist <laughs> um also one of the the polkas that i picked i only put two on the playlist one of them was the hamilton polka another one is a polka that came out in the 80s uh usually what he does is he'll do like
1: he takes a bunch of pop songs and then puts them right like, a, like medley. a
2: medley and then he'll do it in the style of polka and mm-hmm. i took one uh with some classic rock band so he does some Beatles songs he does some yeah Rolling i remember Stone the one
0: songs. from a uh, bad hair day it was like a lot of like alternative yeah because
2: that and that's also what he does too he has his his thumb on the pulse of pop culture so that he does that came out at a time when that was the kind of music and he he does a fairly good job at picking out what songs are popular and what he should go with for the moment in time okay
1: I'd agree with that, especially the last album that came out, Mandatory Fun. I felt that he picked the songs to parody that were like very distinct that time. Yes, and I
2: think his album before that apocalypse was a failure. Mm. I think that he either pop culture was in a weird place and there wasn't anything really great when he recorded that and released mm-hmm. it, or he just picked some bad songs. Mm. And and we should say
0: that through a previous pod podcast project, Jeff did a deep dive review <laughs> yes. of
2: which album was it? Mandatory Fun. Oh, yes. With good friend Dante. He I think was, I remember that. Episode. He was a host of the podcast. We did a special SoundCloud exclusive episode where we heavily reviewed Mandatory Fun. on, And listeners may have an opportunity to hear that. Yes, you can hear that episode because it's going to be on Patreon.
0: Oh. oh, more details to come. But yes, if you want to hear Jeff get way too deep on one we, Weird Al we the dissect album. every <laughs>
2: single song I it's think I remember that in one. that episode it it will be available to you I mean I could I could talk about Weird Al for literally all night Um, if you want me to keep going just let me know no no thank you <laughs> okay Um. so when we come back these two guys will have heard about 30 Weird Al songs and that list will be posted on the show notes yes it will be on the show notes it's a Spotify playlist and um, we're gonna talk about every single track no skipping. Okay. Because every single track was handpicked by myself. With Curated. From Dante. Oh, geez. I, oh, boy. I sent him my final playlist, and he had some tips, and he we talked about it. So this is... Uh... Mr. Milkman himself. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't think I remembered that, did you? Hello, people. Welcome back to the show um people of earth how are you (laughs) last time we recorded it was like the fifth or sixth episode we recorded um we were getting a little silly so the first half of this episode's a little bonkers and i (laughs) i forgot to like tell you guys you know why i like weird al and all that kind of stuff yeah um you know as a kid discovered weird al I thought he was silly. It was, you know, making fun of songs I heard on the radio. I was like, these are silly words to like serious music. And when you don't have the internet, you don't have a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, I would listen to my cassette tapes a lot. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, you're at night instead of snapping to my boys from a bed like <laughs> with funny gifts, you're just listening to music and just really taking it in. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of kids I, I'm not alone and it's going to sound cliché, but you're a little nerd you don't have many friends i moved around a lot going to different school so Aww, so weird i was like sad. weird i was like a constant in my he life he was your you know? friend he was my friend and i was like hey it, it's cool to be a silly boy but like all kids are fucking weird sorry jim for that bleep you're have to put in. <laughs> it's fine but all kids are weird like i wasn't unique it's not like but like at the time you feel like wow this guy gets me i too <laughs> like singing mm-hmm. songs about food he's armpit farting directly to me yeah and i have to i have to apologize they're actually hand farts Uh uh-oh they're not armpit farts sorry weird al fans listening i gotta change my notes the message boards are gonna be ablaze. yeah the close personal friends of al facebook page is gonna ban me sorry guys um you know and then weird al was the bad hair day was the first cd i got so that was like technologically crazy Mm -hmm. you weren't technologically impaired (laughs) Yeah, I get what you're saying. And just just throughout, you know, high school and all that, it was just a big deal. And I always just felt connected to, like, this lighthearted, just there, there's not a lot of negativity in his music. It just makes you feel happy. If it's very positive. Down. Separately, you're just like, I want to smile. I'm going to listen to Weird Al. And mm-hmm. I think that... Really works out. I try to get uh, my wife to agree to put several Weird Al songs on our wedding playlist, <laughs> but she only agreed to uh, have Fun Zone play as we were introduced to our family and oh friends. My God. So that was that was pretty cool. So he's just been he's just always been there in the background and the foreground of my life.
0: Okay. So we listen to your playlist. I'm assuming yes. Jimmy listened to it. I know I did.
1: I didn't listen to any of it. No, I'm just uh, kidding. So uh, <laughs>
2: awesome. yeah. So what I did. Um, in chronological order from the start of his career till now. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to get into it, we can do that. Let's do it. Let's we got do a it. lot of songs to cover because Jeff put a lot of songs
0: on a playlist. Yes.
2: So how I'm going to do this is we're going to go through There's more. Well, no, we're going to go through. I'm just going to give a little explanation as to why and people listening, like there might be people who love Weird Al and are like, why would you pick this song off of this album mm-hmm. and not this other song that's popular or better? Yeah. Because there's some songs I picked purposely to... For us. For you. Yeah. I'm trying to talk Dan and Jimmy mostly yes. into Weird Al. I yes. feel like this is Jeff Celtic's episode. He is so prepared. <laughs> I, I'm very prepared. I, there's not a lot of notes because it's all in my head, but okay. like I still took a lot of notes. Let's so do it. I'm going to explain. Maybe I'll throw out like honorable mention. I would have picked this song. Who knows? We'll see where the conversation takes us. Mm-hmm. But starting in 1979 my bologna the Capitol records single version recorded in a bathroom this is going to be way too much if you do this for every song <laughs> it's be a three hour episode i'm not doing this for every song jimmy i'll let you guys what did you think least. of my bologna
1: so first impressions was wow the audio quality is bad yes it is and i didn't know that it was recorded in a bathroom yes. so that's actually really interesting and that made me kind of like the song a little bit more um my first the only, honestly the only impressions is dan is gonna hate this yeah. so dan what were your impressions of my bologna i hated this <laughs> I <knew it. laughs>
0: um no i mean i can respect the stripped down nature i like when you listen to an artist chronologically you can hear an evolution right and uh yeah this was bad uh i didn't find it very funny i get what it was going for mm. i did like hearing his accordion playing because sometimes later on that gets buried yeah we'll get to that
1: can I just say, Dan had an accordion for a while.
0: A I had squeeze box. a concertina, which is oh, like a okay. squeeze box. Yeah, I got it at a tag sale. Just
2: saying, just putting that out I there. I still
0: have it somewhere in a closet or something. Yeah.
2: But this is the song that that's first- That's why I respect his accordion playing. It's yeah, hard. That's what I think. This is the song that first got on the radio on the Dr. Demento show that launched his career. He got signed to Capitol Records as a joke, and he just
1: that's took crazy. off from there. Yeah. So this
2: was recorded in 79, and then we moved to 83, which is when his self-titled debut album comes out. And another one rides the bus. Originally recorded in '81. I just can't believe this was on an actual album. Yeah, it's still bad. <laughs> yeah, because the drums were just on
0: like a,
1: a box. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was bad. Um, I've heard it before, and the audio, qu- the audio quality really is bad. really bad too. But um, his songwriting was a little bit better, but not great. Yeah, it's it do- it
2: doesn't do
0: much for me. Like, I get like the pun, but it's I don't find it like super funny.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, The second song I picked on a self-title album is uh, Got a Boogie. Which the reason why I put this on here, uh, two reasons, Weird Al was interviewed on the Nerdist podcast about 10 years ago. It was one of the first podcasts or interviews I heard of him that was kind of serious and he was answering questions legitimately. And he was asked what his least favorite song of his was. And he said, (laughs) got a boogie and he doesn't like it and he regrets it. But I put it on here because it shows how long his career has been around. Right. So we talked about pastiches. So he, he parodies music styles as well. And this is like
1: literally on the tail end of disco. He's
2: been around so long. He was doing disco pastiches. And also the pun is there. And as a kid, it always tickled me. And I still think it's very funny and I shouldn't. But it's very funny (laughs) that he's talking about boogers and dancing.
1: It it made me laugh. Just the idea of it. I I think the concept of the of the song is funnier than the actual song. Yeah, it's and but the audio quality is getting a little bit better. So, yeah, I,
0: I don't really that. have anything to add to that. I thought it sounded better as a song, but besides
2: the obvious pun, I didn't think it was that funny. Eat it. Yes. 1984 is in 3D, which I am wearing the shirt featured on Stranger Things that I yeah. bought at his Strings Attached tour last week um this is when he really capitalized on the rise of mtv and this really catapulted his career into the mainstream because michael jackson was huge and i didn't have you guys watch videos or anything but his video is almost a shot for shot reproduction of beat it so it really really latched on to beat it oh this is the one with the
1: fat suit right no that's fat oh that's fat okay never mind. we'll get there yeah i didn't see the eat it one then
0: so this is the first one that i actually enjoyed okay um this is the one that i can start to tap into nostalgia like i don't i knew about the other three but well not got a boogie but i knew about the first two but this is the first one that i actually remember seeing the music video for not probably you know live well not in 1984 yeah because i wasn't alive alive. (laughs) but uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, was I. Um, I think it sounds the best so far out of what we listen to. It's mm-hmm. definitely a good parody. Like It sounds like the Michael Jackson song. It does. And I like the little, what I now know are hand farts, thanks to Jeff's yes. information. I wrote that down too. Uh, to me, it's also the first one that sounds like what I think of as Weird Al's sound.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if it's a mixture of production. His vocals are more the way he goes on to yes. sing. What did you think of Eat It, Jimmy?
1: Uh, basically all the same points that you said. Um, the production value is so much better. There's the Weird Al that I know and like. And um, I totally listened to an instrumental version of just this. Like, the the band is really good. Yeah, um, he's had which, the same band his yeah, entire Yeah, since career. the entire time, right? Um, his writing definitely seems more focused and is wittier.
2: Well, Ruben opinion. is the keyboard player, and he's the newest addition. He's only been with the band for 30 years. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a Wicked Guitar solo in there, too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Midnight Star, I put on here to, uh, highlight the opposite of Got a Boogie. He was recently asked, what is the Weird Al sound, right? So, if he was just to come up with like a not funny regular music album, what would it sound like? And he said, Midnight Star is like his default music style. Mm. And I've always liked Midnight Star. I know some people don't, but what do you guys think?
1: I liked it. Um, I think the idea of it is funnier than the actual song again, Um, but I don't know. What did you think about it? I didn't think it was that funny. I thought it was okay for a song. Um,
0: It was weird to me because it didn't really seem like a pastiche of anything apparently exactly. according to the internet it's supposed to be parodying bruce springsteen style yeah i saw that too
2: i never picked up on that really. i don't think it I sounds, mean, sounds there like there was that. like a key change at the end which is pretty cool yeah but um i don't know it's just a parody of weekly world news headlines kind of and like tabloids it's mm-hmm. very
0: catchy i was in the shower yeah. this morning singing it oh um interesting dare to be stupid I'm 1985 gonna... yeah this one for me is um one of my favorites of what well it's a favorite of what we listened to so far uh this is the first of his songs to me that have what i like best about them which is their the humor is very dense there's yes. a lot of lyrics they're mm-hmm. coming really fast and the more you listen to it the more jokes you can find and the other thing that pairs with that is that it's an earworm so there's it sticks in your head and there's things be because he's parodying styles and actual songs like Devo and yeah. mid eighties that were anyways. hits. Yeah. Along with that, he's getting the fact that it's it's basically a guaranteed commodity that people are going to like it. You know what I'm saying? Like the the at least when you write a brand new song, you don't know if it's gonna take off. You don't know if it has a catchy hook. You don't know if people are gonna, you know, get into it. But when you're parodying or a genre or a specific song that's already a proven success, mm-hmm then just by changing the lyrics he still knows that it's going to get in your head and get stuck there well, and, and be a catchy melody and the
2: lyrics are all slogans and idioms yeah so
0: yes. it's a lot you of things up, you've
2: I already just heard to get
0: one
1: free
2: yeah and i recent jimmy out uh, before i go on, uh, what did you <laughs> think about this
1: no i liked it um basically everything that dan said um i like the music better than the lyrics but
2: yeah so i recently asked uh, a question on a weird al facebook group like <laughs> What do you think is the most Weird Al Weird Al song? Right, like what? In fully encompasses. It's this one. Weird Al, when you think about him, and most of the answers were dare to be stupid. Yeah, and that's a, it's a really good answer. Yeah, um, for some reason it was on the Transformers soundtrack in 1985, <laughs> and um, you know it's just a really good song.
1: Okay, Yoda finally a parody I can relate to a parody of Loa <laughs> I like this I like the original and Star Wars Star Wars <laughs> that was weird um this is definitely my favorite song so far I think it's pretty well done
0: I don't like you really wow I picked it for
2: you because of Star Wars and- yeah
0: I like the subject matter but there was one <laughs> thing nagging at me that I couldn't get past. Mm. if you're gonna do a song called Yoda that parodies Yoda and Star Wars speak like Yoda exactly through the whole <laughs> song he doesn't do
2: Yoda speak well, it was, once it was from Luke Skywalker's point of view uh, still it's just like this it, is a fan it's favorite right there. he ends every single show with it forever really yeah he stretches it out there's a little chant they do in the middle that's become a
1: hmm.
2: cult favorite
1: yeah I like it a lot it's definitely I think out of this entire list is probably my favorite wow
2: so moving on to the next year 1986's is polka party um just a little background on this it was a commercial failure yeah Almost ended his this. career yeah. um it is usually considered to be everybody's least favorite weird Al album so i picked what i thought were the best two songs on the album for you guys that mm-hmm. i actually enjoy
1: so good enough for now um i found it to be pretty funny it's a country love song that's that's kind of really sweet, but it's it's still like really uh, I wouldn't say it, it goes as far as that could. It kind of reminded me of Heartboner from NSP. It reminded me of
0: Dream Girl by The Lonely Island. Yes, yeah, which yeah, yeah. I like better. Oh, um, I
2: didn't have much to say about this one. I yeah. thought it was sort of generic. I think that he hit on a lot of uh country tropes. Yeah, tropes really well but mm-hmm. but it's also kind of like true right he's just settling and a lot of people do that mm-hmm. and that kind of sucks like you know yeah um i don't know i liked it man <laughs> christmas at
0: ground zero is this also from that album it is from that album yes so i thought it was a fun genre to parody like it totally reminded me of the phil Spector christmas album right mm-hmm. um
1: i just didn't really feel the lyrics that really? much. really this is quite possibly i think the funniest weird owl song Really? That we have on here. I do, I, too. I love the wow. concept of it. Just a nuclear fallout on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's the juxtaposition How of literally so funny the worst thing in people's yeah.
2: greatest fear. Especially, you know, in the 80s, people are thinking about the Soviet Union yeah. and what's going to happen. Go and for. then it's happening on the happiest day of the year. I yeah. think it's very dark. Like, these, these last two songs, he has a theme where he does a lot of love songs that are kind of just, like, really depressing mm-hmm. and really weird. And then he always does these things where he balances these crazy extremes and i think christmas Act Ground zero is probably the best example of that
1: i've definitely heard this song before on ic3 when jeff didn't know what copyright was <laughs> i didn't <laughs> even care we weren't making money so then we get to fat which i've definitely seen the music video for and it still scarred me
2: yeah so this is off of 1988's even worst because of polka party's commercial worst? failure even worse oh okay because of Poker Party's commercial failure, it is the first album since
1: the first that's kind of funny and the last
2: <laughs> album that does not have a polka on it.
1: Mm, interesting. So, um yeah, I thought this parody was pretty good. I love the little MJ accents he gives. Like, yeah, exactly. He does yeah. that really
2: good. And, yeah. Like, if, if you like really dissect this song, there's a lot of sound effects that sound exactly like it. Like, it's just just the whole entire yeah, the Michael Jackson and, yeah. Yeah. everything is done so well. Yeah. And like the minutia of it is just perfect. This mm-hmm. one is like iconic for me. This is what
0: I think of like dare to be stupid is maybe the truest weird Al, but this is the weird Al that I think of from watching like reruns on MTV. Mm-hmm. Right. I won a Grammy for the video. And, so. uh, the dense lyrics are great. Like every single line is a fat joke and a pun. Like when I say I'm sitting around the house, I'm really sitting around the house and like all this stuff is so good. Um, I like his Michael Jackson parodies more than Michael Jackson, I think
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah this this tour he recently stopped doing these two songs oh makes be- sense <laughs> because of everything that's going on,
0: yeah, but yeah, that's a that's a fun one for me that that has the nostalgia factor.
1: Melanie. Is a Tom Petty stylist parody? That's what they say, but it doesn't remind yeah, me a lot of I, Tom Petty. I, I don't know about that, but I, I never even heard that. Yeah, I never got. I, I never
2: picked it. It was on the Weird Al Wiki. Yeah, me and Jimmy visited the same website. <laughs> yeah, I didn't.
0: <laughs> most I didn't. Of this
1: information's in my head. I didn't so. look it up unless I couldn't tell already. Right. Yeah. Um. But it was stupid catchy, and I really like it.
2: Yeah, I like this as a song. Yeah, yeah. musically it's really good. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I just always skipped over it. Right. I was like, this really? is funny.
0: I don't get it. It's not not I don't think it's that funny either, but, no. No, but, but
2: like, the now, vocal arrangements Now I, I like it because it's just this really nice song about yeah. a stalker who dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: No, I I've, I've, I've thought it was really good. Uh, really catchy. I love music like that. Jimmy's an acapella boy. I am. You're right. This is an acapella, but it has good, strong vocal harmonies. Yeah. So, the Hot Rocks polka, yes,
2: off of UHF, which yeah. was the soundtrack to his movie, which just celebrated its thirtieth anniversary. And there were some other original songs uh, from nineteen eighty nine. This is the first polka I put on the list. Yeah, And I didn't want to go crazy with the polkas because, like, you know, I wanted to show you everything. I picked mm-hmm. this one because it has some bands you guys like. Mm-hmm. and he he threw in some classic rock bands. It's mostly uh, classic rock. It has one band.
0: These are all songs by the Rolling Stones
2: did i pick the wrong one
0: the hot rocks polka is the rolling stones it's my favorite song on the whole playlist that you gave us i wish you gave us more polka
2: oh i think i picked the wrong one (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to give you a different polka. well this one's awesome okay let's talk about it standout track that i
0: was not familiar with um i thought it was super impressive and it takes real talent to transition from one to the next which i've heard some of his polkas all of his polkas are like that some are done better than the others but it's
1: crazy they did it all for the rolling stones like i thought it was awesome jim what did you think i liked it a lot and i really do like his polkas too like i've i've listened to multiple of them because as i was listening to these i was like oh yeah, i've listened to that album oh yeah i've listened to that that album i think i'm more of a weird Al fan than i thought i was oh so yes. <laughs> it's interesting but um yeah i really like his polkas and i thought this one was good
2: but all of his polkas do that because like you said it does take talent to compose these songs and organize them i'm thinking of, i can't think of the wrong word um or I can't think of the right word. I'm thinking of all the wrong words. Um, and then we move on to generic
1: blues. What did you guys think? thought it was generic. <laughs> I love the title, but I, I will well that I woke up this morning. I went back to bed. <laughs> I was like, that's me. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, um but yeah, other than that, I'm not a huge fan of the song. Really? No, yeah, I don't did. know. Wow, like I it. thought you
2: guys would like it because it was a really good blues pasty, it's just like good enough for now
1: was for I'm not super not sure. I'm not super into blues as I'm, i have a blues brothers tattoo on my arm. Yeah, um, I don't
2: I mean but, I don't know how true this is, but Weird Al always said that uh BB King said this is his top ten favorite blues songs.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um smells like Nirvana. Um this is hilarious to me because this might be a hot take. Because I fucking hate Nirvana, so it's wow. pretty good.
2: When Jimmy swears,
0: I don't like Nirvana either. Um, I hate Nirvana. I thought this one had good funny
1: lyrics, though. I like. I the thought joke. it was funny because he's basically making fun of Nirvana the entire time. Yeah, yeah.
2: This one is what album is this off of? This is off the Deep End from 1992, and the cover it literally is, has Weird Al. It's yeah. it's
1: just a parody of uh, Nevermind. Never
2: so this one is pretty crazy because just like he did with Michael Jackson and you know, MTV's success, the video for this, he was still riding that MTV wave. Yeah. And the video was shot in the same place with a lot of the same extras Mm -hmm. as smells like teen spirit, smells like teen spirit. So the video was almost identical. Mm. And this song was such a huge hit. Like this was, the, the original song smells like teen spirit was out when i i was very young but i'm i was old enough like in elementary school to like realize what was going on and it was a huge hit like you didn't hear this kind of music on the radio at that time mm-hmm. um it was mostly underground and he just he wrote that and made a song about the song yeah and the style and it's still to this day he plays it at almost every concert um it's a very popular yeah it was good song And then the next one was Trigger Happy, which I picked because it's like a Beach Boys surf song. Yeah. Mm. And it's relevant today, which is sad.
0: Yeah. I I had a hard (laughs) time separating a little (laughs) bit. I I try not to be one of those snowflakes, but some of these things were like, oh, oh,
2: oh, when I heard lyrics from this. That's why I picked it because it's almost 30 years old. And we're still dealing with the same crap today. And it's not that often in Weird Al songs where you can relate it to the real world. Yeah. But this is a lot. This is when that like Charlton Heston NRA stuff was really big in the mm-hmm. early '90s. I thought they they ca- he captured that early Beach
0: Boys sound pretty well though. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed it overall. And it was so upbeat with like such dark messages. Yeah. Dark lyrics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bedrock
0: Anthem. Yeah, off of Alapalooza the next year. This just annoys me i don't know why why. i i think it's because i i listened to a lot of red hot chili peppers like when i was younger Mm -hmm. Uh, and like i'll get into this more at my overall thoughts but a trend that i've sort of realized going through this playlist is that the songs that sort of have like one joke right don't do it for me and like the fact that this is just like the Flintstones. It's the Flintstones. Oh, yeah, like. it's
2: about the Flintstones.
0: Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. I just found it annoying. What did you
2: think about the composition of him using two songs and transitioning mid-song? I didn't
1: like it. Yeah, I didn't really? like it either. No. I, thought, I wish he did just one song. Yeah,
2: it seemed like I thought he was, it was like, interesting, forcing it. Because a lot of times he, he just sticks to the script. And mm-hmm. this one I thought was brave.
1: Yeah.
0: Not my favorite. I remember hmm. being into it as a kid. There was a weird music video for this as well. Yeah,
2: this was one of uh, the first Weird Al songs that I heard. As a kid, like mm. we mentioned.
1: Overall, I liked it, but it, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. Okay. I'm not really a Flintstones guy either. This so.
2: Again, this isn't like my favorite Weird Al yeah, song. Yeah. It's a popular song. I do
1: like it. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting choice. So Frank's 2000-inch TV. Um, I like it. It weirdly works so well. It's This one was weird to me because I
0: couldn't figure out what it was parodying or pastiching. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up and they said REM. Doesn't remind me of that too much. Uh, I guess these ones where he's, it's hard to tell. I wonder why he's not parodying the singer's voice more because sometimes he does it and it's yeah. very successful. Like Michael Jackson or Kurt Cobain. Like when he does an impression, it's w- makes it way
2: funnier and it sells it more sometimes. So sometimes he does, but I think early on, he did early on he was more nasally and i think that was the joke right mm-hmm. so like oh here's a madonna song but i'm gonna be and she's like has a sweet young voice and he's gonna do like this nasally yeah interpretation and like
1: that's the joke he has a good pitch but he has bad tone which which is the joke right yeah. so
2: this song actually is is a fan favorite and i've never really cared for it i don't hate it but i don't mm-hmm. think it's particularly I liked great. it. i, I put it, it on catchy. here because i was curious to see what non-Weird Al fans would think
1: about it. I like that he brought up The Simpsons, which reminded me, which is the first time I ever heard about Weird Al he was on an episode of The Simpsons.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. He was also in... um, The Simpsons were in phony calls off of Bad Hair Day. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Speaking of Bad Hair Day from 1996.
0: Uh, This is where things start to get real close to me because this is the only Weird Al CD that I actually ever owned.
2: Gangsta's Paradise.
0: Yeah, Amish Paradise.
2: Still one of his most... Popular parodies, I would say.
0: This is literally the first Weird Al song I ever heard. I remember I was on a bus and a kid next to me played it for me in a cassette Walkman. Uh, I know all the lyrics, but the concept is like so small again that I'm just not into it.
2: But so you say the concept is small, but like if somebody said write a song about being Amish to you, right? Yeah, he does a good job. You can get like a couple words, but like I think he does really well fitting a lot into three minutes. Mm hmm about it and part of the issue with me is with this song is
0: that i may have listened to it so many times as a kid that these words have sort of lost all meaning
2: me too and sometimes i skip it just because i'm like oh, okay this one again yeah you but know it all. listening to this playlist again and i saw him last week and he plays it live like it's a really funny song
1: mm. I-, I would agree um i did laugh that i'll be laughing my head off when you're burning in hell i was like that's a dark weird owl lyric and um, I thought it was really funny I like that he, he can go dark places without actually being like super dark yes
2: which is why out of Bad Hair Day which is you know my favorite or second favorite Weird Al album it's hard to pick songs that's why I picked I Remember Larry which is next because to me this is one of his darkest songs
1: mm. ever I wasn't super into it hmm. I, didn't, I
0: don't even remember which one it was to be honest I wrote down that I don't know what the parody is uh, It's Okay
2: this I'd is a song where, uh, sing a little bit of the refrain. This guy, Larry Sadie, you remember? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, na, 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 yeah. And like musically, it really, I think it was a really good Snapchat, snapshot snap shot of like the mid nineties, like pop rock. It was a 90s Snapchat. Yeah. 90s Snapchat. Um, but it's it's a song about this guy who plays practical jokes and yes, like ha ha, yeah, yeah. we think it's funny. And then you find out that he murders Larry and it's so funny to him.
1: <laughs> and that's
2: that's funny to me. I'll never forget about Larry. No, I do like that he head.
1: put a uh, background backwards uh little vocal solo in there and, and he says, Wow, you must have an awful lot of free time in your hands. I had to look that up. Yeah. Yeah, he did that in a couple songs. Yeah.
2: But I don't know. You don't you don't like it, Dan? It was okay. Musically, I thought it was really good, too, like
0: Melanie. It's supposed to be a direct parody of a song, but I didn't know the song. So. It's not a direct parody. Oh, that's what the internet said. Hmm. Maybe Jeff differs from the Al <laughs> Wikipedia.
1: So we get to The Saga Begins. Another Star Wars. Star Wars. Sorry, I had to do <laughs> yes, that. Yes, fan down. favorite. And a song that I like. Uh, I've heard this one before, and it's funny. It reminds me of uh, Ode to Be a Superhero, which he sings about the first Spider-Man movie. Oh. Um, this song
0: always makes me laugh, not necessarily because of the content, but because it seems pretty clear to me that when he wrote the song, he thought the movie was going to be good. <laughs> Maybe
2: like, <laughs> well, the the actual story behind because it. So this,
0: he didn't really make fun of the movie. I don't find this song to be super funny. It's kind of interesting to
2: me that it sort of like, it's like just like really, tells the plot. Yeah, it's, it's informative. Really so this came out. This is like what i explained as that transition right in his career where there's like a first era and a second era this came out in june 1999 so i was like in between middle school and high school when this came out so it was like a crazy moment in my life too you know this really big you were like girls yeah i was like wow girls i probably shouldn't like weird l but i always will so this came out in june 1999 yeah um it was recorded in april 1999 episode one of star wars was released in may of 1999 yeah. oh. he wrote this song 100 based on rumors and spoilers on the internet 20 years ago oh really which That's i think weird. is very impressive because like right now if you want to find episode nine spoilers i'm sure you can i've been avoiding them yeah um but it's probably hard they're probably keeping things pretty tight but it's crazy how correct all of his lyrics were
1: yeah I didn't know that. That's interesting.
0: I remembered that he wrote it before the movie came out, but I had assumed that it was in conjunction with Lucasfilm or something like maybe no. they gave him a plot description. Nope. He just, he That's just, I'm sure he had
2: to get the okay for whatever, but yeah. it's also a parody of American Pie, which came out like what, 20, 30 years before this, Yeah. yeah. which isn't something he does often. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty brave of him to do. Um, he plays this at all of his concerts too. It's huge, huge, huge.
1: Yeah, I liked it.
2: And then I picked It's Your Horoscope for Today, catered to mostly Dan, because it's uh, it's like a late 90s, early 2000s ska. Yeah. It reminded me of like
0: Real Big Fish. Yeah.
2: Mighty Mighty Boss and stuff like that. Also, I know as one of Dan's best friends that we think horoscopes and horoscope people are (laughs) loonies. Yeah. And this song pokes a lot of fun at them.
0: I love the concept uh, because horoscopes are dumb. I I did find the ska a little annoying. I don't know why. Really? It was something about the tone of the guitars or something. It was a little abrasive to me. Um, it was funny. I I don't know. It's just these one joke things. that they go a little long for me.
2: Well, what do you want? Ten jokes? Like there's it's a concept. It's the a ones that I on. like
0: are the ones that are like super dense and punny. This, but this
2: this is just here's the joke. Now you may find it inconceivable at the very least. That's pretty dense.
0: Okay. Okay, Dan. Jimmy, um, what
1: did you think of it? Should I mention that I like Ska? I like Ska. Okay, um, yeah, so yeah, this is pretty awesome. I I love that. It's kind of funny. This seems also super relevant today because I feel like horoscopes are like at an all time high. I don't know if it's just me or things I'm exposed to. I think to, you're just seeing
2: memes. Whereas
1: maybe that might didn't be it. Well, I will agree with Jimmy. It seems like it used to be like an old lady
0: thing,
2: but yeah. now
1: like I see a lot of like young yeah young people. Well, now
2: it. that Mercury's in retrograde,
1: it's just. <laughs> Did you know that it's actually pronounced Mercury, Mercury's retrograde? Because you're basically saying the same thing. It's like a double positive. Never mind. Okay, I don't let's... know what he just said. <laughs> Neither do I. So, you, you, so when you're saying Mercury's in retrograde, basically you're saying it's... Uh, in know. in something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, basically. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Great. How about we Thanks move on to Poodle Hat? that out on Vice <laughs> From
2: <laughs> 2003. Now, actually, in the last episode... Move on to what? Uh, Poodle Hat? Nope. The album. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not a song we listened <laughs> no, to. No, it's from 2003 in, mm-hmm. in the Air Biscuits episode I mentioned I worked at Kmart. Um, because I worked at Kmart, I had access to purchase this album one day early. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. So these two songs I picked specifically for the both of you. Mm-hmm. Bob. Bob Dylan Pastiche. The lyrics are super dense. Mm-hmm. Thematic. Every single line is a palindrome. Yeah. Jimmy, why don't you start this? Why'd you skip Party at the Leper Colony? Because I went
1: in the wrong order. <laughs> but let's talk about Bob. Um, Bob Weird Al apparently has the second best Bob Dylan impression that I know. Ooh, who has is the, the first? Because it's Dan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. At first, I, was, I wasn't I was sure what the joke was, and then I listened to it again. I was like, oh, okay, Even I get the title's
2: it. a palindrome. Oh, yeah, it
1: is.
0: Do you um, know what a palindrome is?
1: Yeah, it's when you say it's when... Same backwards yeah, as forwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you said.
0: I've been aware of this song for a long time, and it's awesome. I, yes. This is like the only Weird Al song that I'll actually sing, and <laughs> I respect not only the impression, but just the the way he gets the palindromes to phrase and fit so it feels like subtraining homesick
2: like, blues yeah like organizing the pocus too it's very difficult to do even though he didn't write the palindromes like that's hard yeah. yeah it's awesome i
0: can't help but smile how much he gets not just like i said not just dylan's voice but just the feeling of it and the
2: band
1: is so right on and there's mm-hmm.
2: a video for it too which parodies Subtraining homesick yes. blues yeah yeah
1: um, so Party at the leper Colony. I've heard this song because I realized I was like, oh, I like this album. I've listened to it a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, I thought the song was pretty funny and witty and um, I liked it.
0: Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about this one. Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, sort of a one joke
2: song. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it's filled with a lot of puns, which I thought you both would respect. Yeah. And it's I like also it's also like a stylus parody of Bo Diddley and Dare I Say E Street Band. I think that this is the most E Street sounding song that Weird Al has in his yeah, entire catalog. Yeah, sort of
0: like She's the One. Mm-hmm,
2: um, yeah. The There was a weird thing going on with the mixing. I don't know if
0: you guys noticed it. I I only really heard it on this song, but it lacked a lot of bass, especially like there's no kick drum. Like listen to it again, and I just couldn't really? help get over like there's not a lot of bass to this song. I didn't notice. It. This album mm-hmm. won a Grammy for mixing. Or sound, sound, <laughs> oh, edit, sound something. Yeah. I did not hear any kick drum, like not enough.
1: Mm, that's interesting. So we get to White and Nerdy, which is probably the earliest viral music video on YouTube.
2: Yeah, it's it came out in 2006 off yeah. straight out of Linwood, and it yep. was like a huge YouTube hit.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's probably the most important video that's on YouTube, because if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have like people like the Lonely Islands. Or T and Peel who were yeah, in the video. Exactly. So um yeah. yeah,
0: I don't I don't know if I've ever seen the video for this. Oh uh, really? I don't think I've seen a lot of his videos. Um more just the old ones like the I'll Michael let you Jackson's. borrow a DVD when I talk <laughs> you into
2: this successfully.
0: <laughs> um I remember Jeff wearing a white and nerdy hoodie for many years. I still <laughs> have it and the T shirt. Yeah. And uh Yeah, it's funny. I think the lyrics are really good and humorous. I don't think he has a very natural flow. Like, as a rapper, which... That's hey, funny I guess I've can't always
2: expect- been impressed by it, because it's difficult to do. He,
0: he gets some hard words in there, but he yeah. doesn't sound, like, smooth. I don't know. It sounds well, like he's really cramming well, stuff. he does it live stuff. he does
2: every other sentence in his background. Singers do, like, some words, because you need to That's get your That's weird. Yeah, it's it's really dense. Um, I think that this song also highlights... It's not the only parody, but, like, who's still listening to Ride and Dirty by Chameleon Air? <laughs> like, nobody. Chameleon yeah. Air is nobody. And, like, his parodies... Like just skyrockets. Yeah, but who's sources. still listening to White and Nerdy by Weird Al Yankovic? A you. lot of
1: people. I, no, I, a, I totally disagree. A lot yeah. of people really like. I think this there's
0: song. a. I do. I'm so. sure there are, but Isn't I think it, there's also a lot of dads out there who are listening to Ride and Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah. But th- but this song also is like when nerd culture first started taking mm-hmm. off. Because, like, before, nerds were like Revenge of the Nerds, right? You're, yeah. you're a Poindexter. But now it's, like, cool and hip, and San Diego Comic-Con is a big thing, and Avengers made $45 trillion. Yeah. Um, the next song I picked, Pancreas, I never liked at first. It took me a while to get into. Mm. And then I realized what he was doing, hmm. what he was parodying, and I was like, this song is really good. And there's a lot of really good instrumentation
1: in here. Yeah, this is pretty God Only Knows-ish, yep. um, which is one of my favorite... Um, Beach Boys song. I made a movie with that title. Um, there's other stuff too. It definitely starts
0: with God Only Knows, but there's a lot of heroes
1: and villains in there. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: it's, it's late Beach Boys, I would say. Yeah.
1: Um, but I liked it a lot. Um, uh, I think the idea is okay, but I, I thought the instrumentation and stuff, um, made it better for me, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's fine, like as a funny song. Um, I don't think it stands out lyrically, no, but I, I think, think so this is his best pastiche. Yes. I would say that. This too. one, like, when you can literally pull out parts of individual songs, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And they're not exact, like, no, one-to-one, no. but you hear, like I said, heroes and villain. God only knows, there's moments that are, like, good vibrations, like, I was, like, really impressed by that one, like... There's ukulele, there's toy piano. This is the first one where I wanted to sit down and, like, see, like how he works with the band and like how the writing goes. Does he write everything? Like, cause it's really, there
2: was um, on this CD was released. It was a flip CD. And the other side was a DVD, which had special features on it. And they have some of him recording it. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I don't think it goes fully in depth, but I always think that stuff too. Like, I really want to know like what instruments like is he playing? Cause like, I know Jim West plays a lot of instruments, a lot of stringed instruments. And it's really
0: also, there's a huge gamut. Like obviously he's the songwriter, but Songwriter means so many different things. He right. could literally be writing like every single part and telling the bass player every single note to play and telling the drummer every single hit to make. Or he could just be doing like the basic chord structure and then telling all those guys, like, hey, this is a Beach Boys vibe. And they sort of just. I've always been
2: intrigued by that because I don't know the answer to that. And so, I, I'd love to know. There's yeah. not a lot of serious <laughs>
1: documentaries on it. This was cool. This was a cool song for me. So then we get to Skipper Dan, which according to the Weird Al Wiki, this is considered Weird Al's most dramatic song. <laughs> so that,
2: that is, I would say that's true. And before we get into this, I just want to say this is off of um, Apocalypse from 2011. So at this point, this was the longest gap between a Weird Al album. Mm. Five years. Like early on, it's every year. Then it's every three years. <laughs> yeah. pretty steadily. So this is five years. So as a Weird Al fan, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to get my hands in some Weird Al. And what he released a few singles in 2009. And those all made it to this album. So I was like, oh, we're getting like half an album of new stuff. Mm. And Most of the album I don't like. It's my least favorite Weird Al album, Mm -hmm. and Skipper Dan is my top two least favorite Weird Al songs.
0: Is this the Weird Al album that you recorded an episode reviewing? No, it's not.
2: We'll get to that. Okay. Um, So I picked Skipper Dan particularly because a lot of people love it, and they do think it's one of his best songs, and I'm the total opposite, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about it.
0: I don't remember a lot of it. I wrote down that I, I think it's like a Weezer
1: pastiche. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are the lyrics about, though? Jimmy, do you remember? About singing. Um, he was. Uh, he wants to be a dramatic actor, but he is uh, oh, stuck yeah, on yeah. a cruise line or something. No, it's, or, like no, it's a, it's a ging- Disney jungle. jungle ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, forgettable for me. I like the music in that. I thought it was really catchy, like I was singing along to it. Right. Um, but I didn't think it was super funny. Um, which apparently people thought it was more dramatic. Anyway, I don't think so. it's funny
2: and I totally get it. Right. So it's, it. I would say it's his only serious song. If you want to call it a serious song, because it's about having expectations and not meeting them. Right. Yeah. So you, you go to Juilliard, which is this well-known school you're training to be like this huge thing or in, in, in the context of the song, you're training to be a singer a performer, but it's like also just like I'm going to college cause I want to be a history teacher, but then you get a job and you're like working at a desk doing something mm-hmm. that's not important. Yeah. So yeah. I get that. Like you could I relate to that. Yeah. A lot of people relate to that, but I just don't think it's a good song.
1: Mm. I I would probably agree, but I did think it was catchy. Um Craigslist, he does a, a door stylist parody and he's really striking why the iron's hot. Um I was like, that's a <laughs> I don't know that was like a Doors parody in 2009 well the, the
2: cool thing about this is that he got the Doors keyboard player oh, oh really Raymond Zarek uh, Raymond Zarek to play cool. on this and that's only the second or third time it's happened the lead singer of Duran Duran played on Beverly Hillbillies he played lead guitar he said mm. you can parody this only if I can play guitar
1: <laughs> that's cool
2: I thought this was one of the best prestige parodies right up there with pancreas like yeah, I do too I really like this
1: His
0: song. Jim Morrison impression is spot on
1: yeah I thought all that stuff was good but I didn't think it was funny so
2: I, did, I agree really I thought it was 22 because like we've all been on craigslist there's some funny stuff on there yeah i thought it was cool how he picked he like he talked about selling stuff close encounters yeah reviews. Yeah. i thought it was just really well done it's definitely list re-listenable
0: to me for Musical. the impression yeah right yeah and the music um
2: then we get to word crimes which is off of his 14th and as of now final album mandatory fun which dan mentioned on our last podcast uh me and my co-host Dante fully reviewed track by track mm-hmm. this entire album. And you can hear that right now on patreon.com slash talk me into.
0: Yeah. What level do they have to join?
2: $3 a month. It's not a lot. Yeah. There's other stuff on there too. You're going to get the $1 tier. Yeah. $5 tier. There's a video of us cooking paella.
0: Yeah. Just it's fun stuff. So Jimmy,
1: I want to start with you. What did you think of word crimes? So I've definitely heard this song before. Um, as people probably don't know, I actually own this album on vinyl. So I, have listened to this quite a lot. Um, word crimes is a parody of one of the most problematic songs. of the 2010s and it makes it better. Um, (laughs) I like it a little bit. Um, I like it because I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi. So I thought it was, um, I thought it was really good and really clever, pretty funny. Yeah. I love this one too. Lyrically. Um, the song is,
0: is whatever for me. It's not, not my thing, but, Mm -hmm. uh, these these are some of my favorite Weird Al lyrics because, like I said, every line is a hit. Like, every line is a pun and a mm-hmm. joke. And I also relate to the grammar thing. Every um,
2: word matters. Like, the placement of every single word in the song yeah. Yeah. is part of the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that when this song came out, like, a lot of people liked it. They thought it was really clever, really funny. Would you say that it's condescending or even mean towards people who may have, like, learning disabilities or just uneducated because sometimes that comes up even with fat mm. like th- over time fat shaming became a thing and um he does get criticized for things like this
1: I don't think it's um I don't think it's offensive towards people that should know better I'm not super familiar with the lyrics that should know better, but,
0: but yeah. I'm trying to think back and, and Jeff you'd know better than me does he ever like really like slam people for saying it wrong or does, yes oh I thought he more
1: dumb mouth breeders oh yeah
2: i mean what are you stores? gonna do no, he's I mean,
1: pretty it's a funny haha song
2: yeah i don't i don't take offense to it but he has been criticized for this stuff and i think it would be unfair to talk about my hero without right without showing you everything yeah
1: i think it's fine i don't think he goes over the line with it no this is a weird hour talking about like yeah he's like the most clean cut person
0: i'm sure he also has songs where he bashes people who are overly intellectual or you know uh true smarmy or something Mm -hmm. so uh, i think he's offending equally this is the life is a good example (laughs) of that
2: uh jackson park express this is recently uh weird al said that it's his favorite song of his and Mm. musically this would be his style now whereas midnight star would have been his style 30 years ago yeah
1: what'd you guys think of this this is the most weird al song of weird al songs in my opinion
2: okay
0: i didn't like it really wow I thought it was sort of boring. I don't get what he was really doing, what he was parodying and You didn't get understand it? No, I understood the lyrics. I don't yeah, get what he was doing musically. He was just writing a song. Yeah, I don't I don't want Weird Al for that. Oh. This is where I've always felt like I felt that you were weird because you like him just as
2: Weird Al. I like him if he's doing an interesting thing. I think that the music accompanied what he was saying, right? So think of this as like a stage play. Sometimes there's just background music, there's incidental (laughs) music, and you're not listening to that music for the music. You're listening to it to accompany an attitude, an emotion, a feeling. This whole song, I hope people listen to the playlist, but it's a 10-minute song about sitting on the bus. You see a girl walk by. He's attracted Mm -hmm. to the girl, and in his head, in the short bus ride, he's building a life with them. Now, that's extreme, but everybody's done that, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe not like romantically, but everybody just like they might see somebody attractive and like, oh, what it would be like to date this person. And it's it's extreme, it's silly lyrics, it goes on and on. He's just picturing in his head this conversation that he wants to happen that's not happening, and he's going on a roller coaster of emotions, and then she leaves and he's out of his life forever, and he's never gonna see her again, and none of the things that he thought of are gonna come true. And mm-hmm. I think the music was just a vehicle to drive those emotions, and I think it was really well done.
1: I agree. Thanks, Jim.
2: Dan? Uh, The Hamilton polka. Yes. So now we are in the the era of Al where he doesn't have any more records on his contract. He hasn't firmly said if he's going to release what he's going to release. And then the Hamilton polka drops. Um, The news dropped an hour before I saw him on tour. And then he announced it at a show that it was dropping the next day. And he said, we're going to play it. And then he said, I'm just kidding. And he didn't play it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, that's weird because they, he recorded it. I guess it's just too difficult to play. With, yeah, that uh, makes sense. His band came out in 2018.
1: Yeah, it's weird to see, hear him say whore and bastard. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, uh, well, you know.
2: never heard Jerry Springer from running with scissors. And there's some, uh, oh, really? some
1: choice words there, Jimmy. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, I've heard it a, a ton of times as a fan of Hamilton. Um, especially since Lin Manuel Miranda is a huge fan of him. I just, I love this song. It's a cute little package.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool. It's definitely uh, just like the other polka we listen to, it's complex and it's impressive how he segued. And mm-hmm. I like the vibe that how, you know, what he chose to do and speed up. And it's funny. Um, plus, it's easy to like these things when you like the songs already. Yeah.
2: This is probably my favorite polka. Ooh, Ooh. interesting. And you're not even a huge Hamilton guy. I enjoy Hamilton. It's yeah. not like the best thing to me, but like, mm-hmm. I definitely respect it as a guy who doesn't really like musicals. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. That That's I, true. I care about High Hamilton. Praise.
1: So then we have a weird Al remix of feel it still. Um, this right. Is...
2: So, uh, Portugal, the man mm-hmm. released a song. Feel it. Still," it was a big hit a couple summers ago and they just had like people remixing their song. Yeah. And then weird Al just did a complete musical remix of
1: it. Yeah. I love it. I think I, I love the idea of it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I
0: think it's really cool too. I it reminds me of the Pokas, even though he's not transitioning from one yeah, part right. to the next. Um, I I sort of you answered my question, but I was wondering like what he did this for. Mm-hmm. I guess he just did it to put out they there. Just,
2: he also did another Portugal the Man song, uh, "Live in the Moment," mm-hmm. which I think feel it still was a little bit better. But I really liked it because it was like so weird. Al and like over the years, you yeah. mentioned like oh, I like this song. There's a lot of accordion in it there's been less and less accordion. Like last week I saw him at the strings attached tour. He Mm -hmm. played the accordion for one song.
1: Oh really? Yoda
2: At the very end. He didn't pick up the accordion once. I mean, there was a 41 piece orchestra on stage. So like you're balancing it out, but it's been this weird shift of just like, he's playing less and less accordion. Yeah. So then he comes in in 2018 when like, we don't know when he's dropping new songs and it's just a full out, like accordion. Well, the Hamilton polka is very yeah yeah no it forward is forward too. too but like and he's really talented at it too. There's some mm-hmm. crazy stuff he's doing in the song. Yeah,
0: no, it was cool. It's it's impressive that he can that it can sound so weird out
2: without much weird out vocals. I think yeah, he, and he just, just comes in. He just and, did some background vocals yeah. and some harmonies.
1: It's really mm-hmm. cool. So then we get to beat on the brat, Um and I hate how well it works. Yeah, I put this one in for Dan mostly. I don't like it. Really? Wow.
2: It's just a Ramones cover, just a straight up punk cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It
0: sounds like he's taking himself too seriously as a performer. And I'm just saying to myself, don't try to be good, Al. <laughs> <It reminds laughs> I, I thought me, he was really good. It's
2: not the best song. It's just such a strange thing for him to do. Yeah. Like, he, he used to do covers of Radio Radio at live tours if like something. Yeah. Because it's like a a multimedia event at a show. So if something goes wrong, like he busted it out one time when I saw him in Jersey and I was like, Oh shit, this is weird. Cause like he doesn't usually do covers. And then on his last tour, every single tour he played a different cover. Yeah. So it's kind of around then you're like, Oh wow. He just officially recorded a straight cover. I just don't like his voice enough without the humor
0: and like interesting stuff to hear him do like actual songs. Like I saw him on a, on an HBO special like it was, I think it was a remembrance of George Harrison and he played a George Harrison song and I was mm-hmm. like not feeling it. Mm. So yeah, it's just
1: not for me.
2: All right. What are your final thoughts? We'll start with Jimmy.
1: Uh, final thoughts. I, I guess I knew more than I thought I did. Um, I thought overall, a lot of the songs weren't super ha funny, but I, I thought they were very clever and well thought out. Um, there were definitely some moments where I did laugh, um, but yeah, I don't have a super ton of overall thoughts. I thought I've hit on them pretty much throughout Dan, the episode. Dan, anything you'd
0: like to add? Yeah, so I kind of looked at it as what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, I I liked the dense lyrics, the high concepts, um, the juxtaposition of the goofy accordion music with serious, you know, well-thought-out lyrics, and especially like the serious lyrics in the polkas, you know, like the actual lyrics. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the things I didn't like that much uh, were the more juvenile premises, um, the genre parodies that I couldn't really tell what genre they were. Um, And I also don't have a lot of strong nostalgic pull except for like a few songs here or there. Uh, overall, I think what I boiled it down to is what I've said throughout this episode that I respect the more complex songs either lyrically or musically that high, have like a show a high level of difficulty um and i wish i don't know to me like you always talk about live and stuff like a multimedia show a visual component we didn't really get any of that um we can do a second episode if you want
2: but uh, <laughs> you know the, the, that's where i stand overall okay this is the moment i've been waiting for for longer than talk me into has existed <laughs> jimmy and especially my best friend dan did i successfully talk you into weird al yankovic
1: yes
0: i need another episode whoa Whoa. my god i was not expecting this it's written down and you spoiled it oh wow let's start with jimmy oh my god this is a.
2: (laughs) I don't know how to feel Jeff's right now. Jeff's face is
0: so flush. I okay. was on the
2: edge of my, I'm literally on the edge of my seating for even, just, even a no, just to get it over with. Oh
1: my God. Okay. So, um, everything that I just said, I really like Weird Al. I think he's super funny. Um, I don't know. Okay. That's, I don't know. I don't have anything else to <laughs> wow. say. Kind of,
0: yeah. So I stand by what I said It was really like most torn I've been on an episode. I Uh, That's, to me, that's good. I'm literally split up. I literally highlighted, I went song by song with my notes and highlighted the ones that I would say like or dislike. Just, you know, obviously there's a varying degree of like or dislike, but I tried to just like split it and it was like literally 50-50. Wow. Uh, And all I could think about was that I feel like I'm only getting a snapshot of the
2: things that you like about Weird Al. So... We did not plan this. This is not the Doctor Who episodes were planned, right? So we knew that we were going to be splitting them up because we just started. We had plenty of time. But this is this is a wrench in the works. We have several episodes planned
0: already. So this is what I propose. Obviously, we're not going to be able to do one right away. Jeff's not prepared. We have things that we've got set in motion already. Mm -hmm. What I propose is that we come back in a few episodes to Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, wow. And you and Jimmy work together to tailor an episode to push me over the edge. (laughs) So now what I've said, I feel I need to see more of. Now, you can adapt this. You know more than me. But I feel like I need more polkas more complicated
2: <laughs> more, subjects more, you had me up more pocus. <laughs> more high concepts
0: and a visual component yes. i know he's got a lot of music videos i know he has a movie i know you've got special maybe i i would love to see some sort of a live if he's got live dvds i don't know yes, if that exists two live contents. so i propose a smaller tightly pointed playlist to what you think is going to push me over the edge, I and like then some this. visual components. This is
2: better than a yes, Dan. <laughs> this is everything I could have ever asked for!
0: I figured you'd appreciate this. You're giving this. Jeff a
1: second Weird Al episode.
0: I, I know. I, th- I I thought going into it was going to be a no for me, but there was more that I was... Like, the earworm thing is is hardcore. I've been singing Weird Al, like, all week.
1: Yes! Oh.
0: But there's some that I'm
2: just like, oh, I really want to skip
0: this. And there I've,
2: are some I put on there that Even I didn't like. So we that that. was not a great decision. No, I'm trying to give I'm trying to give you weird out. Yeah. Right. I can't just say give you only the good like I didn't put Albuquerque on there. That's a very popular song, but that's a weird song to get a new fan into. Mm. I was playing it safe, man. If you want to get weird, let's get weird. We can get weird.
0: Let's get weird and let's get visual. But that's not going to happen on the next episode. We'll get back to you on that.
2: That's it's going to be soon, but it's going to be several episodes. So, Jeff, what are we going to be doing next week? We are going to be reading another comic. That's right. It's been a while since we read a graphic novel. Yeah. Illustrated tale. Yeah. We are going to be reading the sixth gun.
0: You're going to be talking
2: us into this. Yes. Two Jeffs in a row poor like planning it. but uh Jeff on JC <laughs> we're going to do it it's a it's like a supernatural western tale I Jimmy, think you guys are going to dig it
1: have you read the sixth gun no i've never read it but i remember jeff talking about it on the old podcast yeah i have not read it i
0: don't really know anything about it other than that it's a western so what are we going to be reading jeff
2: we're going to be reading the first trade put out by oni press it's ten dollars it's a trade paperback or go to your library and rent it you can get it digitally i'm sure it's the first six issues of the sixth gun nice and we encourage you
0: to read the first six issues of the sixth gun so that when we come back you can be talked into it too
2: Yeah. yeah jimmy where can you find talk me into on the internet
1: If you feel so inclined, you can send us an email at TalkMeInto at gmail.com. Maybe suggest us something to be talked into. Or you can follow us on Twitter at TalkMeInto. Or like us on Facebook at TalkMeInto. And don't forget, they can join the Patreon and have a really
2: strong hand in choosing our episode topics. Oh, yeah. Very true. Patreon.com slash
1: TalkMeInto. If you want, you can also find me at Son of a Fitch, s o n n a b a f i t c h where I'll post the funnies. Jeff, where can people find you on the internet? You can
2: find me on Facebook, talking to people on the Close Personal Friends of Al fan page. Or on Twitter at jeffff 2 7 He paused for laughter and applause that no, wasn't there. I paused because I forgot what I was going to say next. Oh. I'll fix it in post. Oh, yeah. Okay, Put some claps in there. Yeah. yeah that'll be pretty fun. Uh, Dan, where can they find you online?
0: You could find me on the tweets at Danny underscore breakdown. I like it. Uh, you could read my film reviews on letterbox.com under the name Danny Breakdown.
1: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Apparently Weird Al still. Yes. Let's get weird. All right. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Just a moment. Okay. Oh, wait. No, I'm not ready. Remember that time I was like, yeah, I'm ready. And then I'm not actually ready. It was okay, just now. now I remember. You guys yeah. are both ready now. Yes. I'm ready.
2: Gigi, are you ready? She's yeah. ready. Bark,
1: bark. Bark, bark.
0: The Twitter is talk me into at talkmeinto, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Get at us. We'll read it.
2: Choo-choo. <laughs> 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 that was for big I hope that was big up. <laughs> <laughs> Chalk me into it. <laughs> Chalk me into it.
1: That was good.
0: <laughs> We're having a bad day. I don't know
2: why, but yeah. it's silly. Like I shit. think it's I fu- I don't think so. It'll I be think funny.
1: It's funny. Um Okay. You can do it then. Okay. <laughs> Ready? <Yes. laughs> I don't know if that was a slight on me or what. No, I'm just probably like saying that
2: <laughs> okay. I almost just dropped a little Okay. Tea. <laughs> I, oh, I boy. sent him my final playlist and he had some tips and he we talked about it. So this is uh
0: Mr. Milkman himself. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think I remembered that, did you?
1: Oh, daint Is that it? Is That's it yeah. over? <laughs> That's it. OK, we're back and we're better than ever.
2: <clears throat> uh <laughs> I was
0: about to speak and then you burped. Don't speak. I'm about to burp. Wow, a real weird owl. Yep. Right there.